morning, good morning. Y'all doing all right? This side's doing pretty good. This side, and we're praying about it. You think I'm kidding, right? <laughs> like, come on, you guys doing all right this morning? There we go. That's what I like to hear. We're excited to be at church. Amen? There we go. Come on. You guys are ready. You're ready. You're ready. Hey, I'm Pastor Seth. I'm the youth pastor here at Timber Creek Church. I get to hang out with your teenagers. Pray for me. Um, <laughs> all joking aside, man, we love what we get to do here at Timber Creek Church. Man, we're having an awesome time with our Timber Creek students. Shout out to my people. Some of them are here. Some of them are out around. And some are serving all across this campus. We got teenagers doing all kinds of stuff, right? They're watching your kids. They're, they're handing out coffees. It's awesome. Uh, we love what God's doing here at Timber Creek Church. Man, you guys ready? I'm ready to preach today. I don't know if you're ready to get preached at. But we're going to dive right in, get this rolling. Just want to say shout out to man, our incredible pastor, Pastor Jeremy. You're probably watching from somewhere on this globe. And uh, we love you. You guys love Pastor Jeremy? Man. Man, we love Pastor Jeremy. But we're a little afraid because the youth pastor is preaching today. Just get that imaginary seatbelt and just buckle up because it's about to get crazy. Oh, man. <laughs> it's about to get crazy. All right. Just get ready. Hey, we are on part six of our 100-week series, no, 31-week series, The Story. And, uh, man, I'm pumped about this. We're just, we're just digging into God's Word each and every week. We're reading along in the story. Hopefully you're still reading. Um, if you're not, let this moment just convict you. Um, but we're reading along, and really what it is is the story is just a condensed version of the Bible, right? The B-I-B-L-E, we got to read that stuff, right? Like that's, you know, kind of what we're supposed to do. And, uh, man, God's Word is incredible. It will change your life forever. I love it, but I love the story because we just get to we get the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like we get the really, 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 really good stuff, and we're just blazing through it. Uh, I was reading in my Bible just to kind of like walk alongside the story. I was reading the story, but I, I went and read my Bible and part that we're in, and I found this passage. Check this out. Regulations about mildew. Guys, today we're going to talk about mildew. I'm just kidding. I'm joking, right? Everybody's like, man, it's about to be boring up in here. Like, this is in the Bible, right? And let's be honest. We like the story because it takes and it condenses down the word of God, 80%. At least that's the number we've come up with. I don't know. We found that somewhere uh, on Wikipedia. And uh, it's 80% of the Bible, but you kind of get to skip over some stuff like this, right? You know, it's kind of, you know, you got to read God's word. I'm not saying you shouldn't be reading through God's word. I'm just saying like a lot of us, we, we do the whole like, I'm going to read the Bible in one year. You know, high five for you. You, know, got, you got aspirations. And it's, usually it starts on like January 1st. And you're like, I'm going to read the whole Bible. I got the plan. I got the U version on my phone, right? And I'm going to read through the whole Bible. And then when you get to stuff like this, you're like, maybe I should skip around. <laughs> or like you just totally forget. And you're like, man, I'm not going to read the Bible and read about mildew, right? That's why we love the story because it just makes it that much easier to dig into the good parts, right? And so we're on week six. And this week is The Wandering. Sounds like a good TV show. Don't you think so? Everybody say, the wondering. And so just to kind of catch you up and help you figure out where we're at this week, last week on the story. Right? So we've got Moses. Everybody knows Moses. Most of us do. If you've, you've grown up in church or maybe if you, even if you haven't, you've heard the name Moses. At some point, somewhere, especially in Deep East Texas, right, we've heard of Moses. And Moses is called to set the Israelites free. They're in slavery in Egypt. And so he busts through there. And he's like, hey, we're going to set these Israelites free. And it's not that easy because there's a lot of stuff that goes down. And finally, dude, they're making their way downtown. Like they get to the Red Sea and Moses has a staff and boom, and the water split and they're walking across it. And now they're kind of wondering, right, because they, they've gotten into the desert. It's, 
getting a little crazy, a little hot. Nobody likes to be too hot, right? Anybody like to be hot? A few people, all right. I just like to know those things. Let's get a little random fact. Most people don't like to be hot. And so they're out just chilling in the desert. I say chilling, right? Um, They're out in the desert, and they're following God, and God is leading them. You know, we talked about the Ten Commandments a little bit last week, and Moses comes out with the, you know, the tablets. I like to think, like, iPads, you know, like Honey Chan, you know what I'm talking about, right? He's got, like, a, you know, like a real tablet. And so he comes out with the tablets, and he sees the people. They're just, they kind of mess up, and he throws them down. He's angry, and God has to do some things. And so that's kind of where we're at now. They're just hanging out in the desert, hence the name The Wandering. And so we've got these people here, and Today I want to help you because a lot of us are probably wondering in our life, uh, not like wondering when we're going to get out of here and get to lunch, but we're wondering through life. You guys ready for lunch? Anybody, right? And let me just say this, the, the louder you guys are, the quicker you're going to get to that crockpot meal at home, right? The quicker you can go wait in line at Cafe Del Rio, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, the quicker you guys can get to Golden Corral and get that chocolate fountain uh, that we all love and adore. Um, so today, I, I, I want to walk through this with you and help you navigate some of this stuff. Can we pray real fast? Dear Lord, we love you. God, we're so thankful for who you are. And God, I pray that today you would help us. God, figure this out. God, help us walk through life. And God, really help us become who you want us to be. We love you. We praise you. Everybody said? Amen. And so we're talking about the wandering. We kind of caught you up on the story. And let's be honest, this is kind of a crazy story. And let me just kind of help that make sense for you. We've got the Israelites, and they're making their way downtown. They're going, and they're walking, they're following God. You know, pillar of fire, pillar, like, cloud, like, those details don't really matter right now. But they're just, they're out in the desert, and they're wondering. And so I want to show you the journey that the Israelites went on. They're going to throw it up on the screen. And so you can see what's going on here. And so they start at point one. And they go to point two and three and so on and so forth. And so they make their way. Uh, you see the Sinai wilderness. So they make their way there. And that's where Moses and the Ten Commandments and all that's going on. And so we're kind of caught up there. And then you see them get to point 11. And so at point 11, God's trying to work through them a little bit. And it gets a little crazy and out of hand. But you see them go from point 11 to point 12 and then, like, make this big circle. And let me just, let me help this make sense for you. That little circle right there takes about 39 or 40 years. They're just, they're taking it real slow, guys. They're just digesting this little trip. They're enjoying the sights. It gets a little long. And I did the math, and if you actually go from point one to point 18, then it would be 175 miles. 175 miles. And just to kind of help you understand that little trip, I, I also got on my GPS, and I looked up Lufkin, Texas, to Dallas, Texas. You ever been to Dallas, anybody? Most of us. Got to hit up the mall, enjoy civilization, right? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Civilization, it's awesome. We love Lufkin too, right? Come on. That mall in Lufkin, man, whoo. <laughs> you walk that thing in like three minutes, come on. And so this is... 172 miles from Lufkin to Dallas. And if you look at your GPS and you drive in a car, it'll take you a whole whopping two hours and 55 minutes. 172 miles. But let's say we didn't have a car and we're going to walk this thing out. 
and we're going to walk, like, we got that power walk going on. Anybody got that power walk? You know what I'm talking about, right? You go to the gym, and you see those people just getting it on the treadmill. If you just power walk this thing, and you didn't stop, you could make it from Lufkin to Dallas, two days, 13 hours. That's not bad. That's pretty good. And then let's just say this. Let's say you wanted to stop every little bit and see the sights, all of the trees and the cows and the, you know, the grass. It's awesome. Um, if you wanted to, you know, take your time, and let's say you did maybe 20 miles a day, you could make it from Lufkin to Dallas in about a week and a half. It's not too bad. You know, you got to take your time. You got the kids in the back seat, or you got the kids like, you know, you got like the rope tied around them to make sure you don't lose them. Um, you could make it in about a week and a half. And so we see Moses. Moses is leading the people. They're following God, and they get on this journey, and they, they kind of mess up. And God kind of takes them on a, like a reroute. Like, you know, when you got the GPS, you take a wrong turn, you're like, rerouting. And it takes a second, and like, that's like you need it as fast as possible because you're kind of sweating. You're like, I got to figure out where I got to go, right? And God kind of takes them on a little detour, and it takes 39 years. So what could really take two days, 13 hours, or if you space this out in a week and a half, you're really generous. Because Moses, it's not just Moses and the kids in the back seat, right? It's not just Moses and the fam. It's like Moses and two million people. It's kind of a big deal. Like herding cats, right? I mean, it's probably a little fun. So they, they break it up. And instead of it taking them a week and a half, it takes them 40 years. Can you imagine like, my goal in life, when I type the GPS, like, you know, let's say I'm going from here to Hudson. And so I type in, of course, I don't need directions to Hudson, right? We can make that. But let's just say I do. And it says it's going to take me 10 minutes. My goal in life, in that car, in that moment, with the GPS in my hand, it's not my family's safety. They'll make it. It's cool. It's not, you know, how can I be a really good driver, you know, with the Timber Creek sticker on the back of my car? My number one goal in life is how much time can I, like, how can I beat the GPS timer? Because it says it's going to take 10 minutes, but I'm going to make it in three. <laughs> I am going to blaze down that loop like you have never seen, right? School zone? Forget it, right? <laughs> I'm going to beat the timer. Like, that is my number one goal in life. And I can only imagine, like, Moses, is t he's walking with the Israelites, like, come guys come on 40 years later they're still not there it's a crazy story and and a lot of us like we, you know we don't we don't read through our bible like this is the part where we kind of check out and so like honestly young young preacher young pastor confession i've never preached on this story before like i've never gotten to this part like you just, you know, you skip to the good stuff. Like you got David and Goliath and you got Moses in the Red Sea. But you don't talk about like, oh, they just hung out in the desert for 40 years. Just hanging out. Just waiting. And, and let's be honest, it's frustrating. And I can only imagine the frustration with Moses and the two million people that he's got with him. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And let's be honest, most of us, so many of us, have been at a place like this in our life where we're stuck in between point A and we're stuck in between point B. And we're just stuck right there in the middle and we're waiting. And waiting. It's so frustrating. We don't know how long we're going to be here. We don't know how long we're just going to sit here and just wait to get to that next point. But we're ready for it. And we're just, we see it over there and we're like, man, please, please, please. 
defined wondering as living in the space between where I started and where I want to be. Because we started here, but we want to be over here. And so many of us, probably all of us at some point in our life, if not right now, we're stuck in between. I got students here, they're, they're in ninth grade, they're ready to graduate. We're stuck in the space between so many different things, so many different scenarios. Graduating and getting a real job. We've been there, come on. Dating and getting married. Deciding to start a family and having a child. Diagnosis and remission. Going into debt, getting out of debt. Being let go and finding new employment. Saying goodbye to a loved one and waiting to see them when we make it to heaven. We're stuck in the middle. And let's be honest, the middle's not like a party. Like we're not just like excited to be stuck in the middle. It's frustrating, right? You just want to rip your hair out. You want to scream. You want to cry. Like imagine a kid on a car ride, right? Hours and hours. 40 years later, right? Like, dude, it's frustrating. You're so angry. You're so mad. You're bubbling with just anger. Because you, you see what you want. You see the destination, but the journey Quite frankly, it's not fun. And today, I want to help all of us just hold on to a few things to help us navigate being stuck in between. Because I'm telling you, if you're not there, you're going to be there. If you just got out of being there, you're probably going to be there again. We all are stuck in the middle at some point, And we're waiting and we're wondering, how do we navigate that? Just got a few things out I feel like God has laid on my heart. First one is this. There's wonder in the wander. Everybody say there's wonder in the wander. Two totally different words. <laughs> you can see it on the screen. There's wonder in the wander. See, I've always been the kind of person that I like to find the bright side in things. I don't know about you, but I get beaten down. I, I get tired of something. I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm aggravated. Most of the time, not all the time. I try to find the bright side. I try to, I try to find the point where I can, I can see the silver lining in what I'm going through. And, and let me tell you this. I believe that sometimes in the wandering and in the waiting and all the frustration, God's trying to do something in your life and maybe you don't even know it. And a lot of us, that's where the frustration lies. Because we think it's meaningless. We're just aimlessly wondering about life. And we're stuck in between point A and point B. And we're ripping our hair out. We're screaming. We're angry. We're beaten down. We're broken. And we're sick of it. But I'm here to tell you that we can find some wonder in the wander. That we can find the silver lining and see this is the reason. And I think God wants to work on us. I think God wants to help us. Something that... I've realized is God's a little bit more concerned with who we're becoming than where we're going. God's more concerned with who you are becoming as a person than where you're going to end up. And that's kind of hard to swallow because we are so focused on the destination. Like we want to be here and it's happy. And when we get there, we're going to be so happy, right? No more problems in life. Everything's going to be perfect. Everything, right? Probably not true. But we're here, and we see the destination. We've got it pulled up on the GPS of our life, and we're stuck in the middle, 
and we're still traveling towards that destination. And it's slow and it's a process. But let me tell you this, there's incredible things that God can do in your life when you submit to the process. When you say, God, I'm going to give this a shot. And instead of being so angry and so aggravated all the time, I'm going to find the reason for this process. I'm going to work. I want you to make me who you want me to be, the man or the woman that God, you've called me these people to be, right? And I'm going to take those steps, and I'm going to walk out the process you have for me. It's not easy. It's kind of hard to swallow. And when we realize that God's more concerned with who we're becoming than where we're going, like a lot of us, like, you want to check out because we want the destination. And honestly, our culture and our world have, like, created this, like, we want everything so fast, right? Like, dude, I remember when the Wi-Fi, we didn't have Wi-Fi, right? You had to plug in a cord, and it made, like, you know, like, you know what I'm talking about, dial-up, right? And before you had dial-up, you didn't have jack squat. And now it's like, the Wi-Fi's not working. You're going to throw your $800 phone out the window or something? Like, we get so frustrated. And I want to blame personally one thing, the microwave. Everybody's like, he put it up there for a reason? It's not just sitting up on the stage? Yeah, it's here for a reason. Come on. I blame the microwave because we've gotten so used to, you press the little button, and maybe it'll work here in a second. You click 30 seconds. It's awesome, right? And at the end of that 30 seconds, you have what you want. So like for me, I like, I like Pop-Tarts. Anybody like Pop-Tarts? I know more of you like Pop-Tarts than that. Come on. I'm talking about Pop-Tarts from the pulpit. You should be getting excited. I love Pop-Tarts. And I like to get them, and instead of putting them in the toaster, instead of just eating them right out of the package, I like to put them on a plate, and I put them in the microwave for 30 seconds. Judge me, if you will. But that's how I like it. And it only takes 30 seconds. So why scramble an egg? Why, you know, mix the batter? 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I also love some burritos. Guys, there's something about walking in the store and you get to that freezer aisle and all of it can be cooked in the microwave. It just does something good to your heart. Because my time is valuable, right? And I've gotten so used to just throwing something in the microwave and a minute and a half later, it's ready. And like there's something so much more gratifying about like the beeps, you know? Like you got, you got the little beeps and you got just, it's fun. Like I don't know why, it's just awesome, right? And then it finishes and you're like, yes, I get to eat something. It's awesome. There's so many things that you can throw in the microwave but at the same time, there's things you don't throw in the microwave, like a frozen turkey. It's dripping. Watch out, y'all. Got the juices flowing. Butterball turkey. Got it from Brookshire Brothers. Amen. Didn't fight those people at Walmart. You don't throw a butterball frozen turkey in the microwave. But I'm kind of crazy enough to think we could. Because I know that if I take this... And I put it in the microwave. I can set it in there. Yeah, I need to clean the microwave. That's kind of nasty. Stuff blows up in there, right? And I could just click this, like, 30-second button a bunch. I love the 30-second button, y'all. Who types in a time, right? And I'm just, I'm just going to keep pressing it and pressing it. And at some point, that turkey's going to be cooked. 
but it's going to be real chewy. <laughs> and if it's not chewy, it's going to be really hard. And you're going to chip a tooth on a butterball turkey. You don't put a turkey in the microwave. And I'm stressing somebody out right now because they're like, that turkey's cooking in there. Calm down, it's okay. It's all good. Here's the problem with our culture and our world. We have a microwave mentality. And we see things we want and we know that we can just pop it in there and 30 seconds later, it's yours. A minute and a half later, you get to enjoy something that's probably going to burn your mouth really bad, right? But you get to enjoy food. We love that. It's so gratifying because it takes minutes. But what it's done to our mind is it said everything has to happen when I'm ready for it. What it's done is it's taken our mind and warped it into thinking I'm going to get it when I want it. And I'm in control. And I can throw it in there and it's done. And we've lost this idea that sometimes the things worth waiting for are worth waiting for. And that there is wonder in the wander, right? God has like a process. And there's a purpose to the process. And he wants to help you get from point A to point B. But he's really concerned what happens in between. He wants to help you grow. He wants to stretch you a little bit. And we're so like, God, hurry up. Are we there yet? And it's a process. And we've got to learn to find that silver lining. We've got to learn and we've got to take that step back and say, God, what are you doing in my heart? What are you doing in my life? God, how are you shaping me to become the man or woman of God that you called me to be? It's so frustrating. But the process, it's gratifying in itself. Because I'm telling you, I've seen it time and time again, that when you work through that process with God, and you're more focused on how you can be shaped and how you can grow in that season, instead of just getting to the end, instead of just getting to the destination, you finally get there. And you look back, and you see what God's done in your life. And you, you see that God shaped you to be a better father than you would have ever been without him shaping you and making you what he wanted you to be. You see the things in your life and you look back and you say, God, thank you for that moment. Thank you for shaping me and making me what you wanted me to be. And I get excited about it because I'm looking out at some people that you need to go through this process. You need to stop complaining. You need to stop looking at the destination and say, God, work on me. Do something, God. I'm ready. I love this passage of scripture. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he called us to do a long time ago. In the culture and the world we live in, another lie that we've been fed is that our self-worth isn't, like we're not worth anything. And I read this verse, and I'm filled with so much purpose. Because we are God's masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. And you don't cook a masterpiece in the microwave. <laughs> you don't put a butterball turkey in the microwave and expect it to taste good. Like if I'm at Thanksgiving dinner and my mother-in-law is cooking a turkey in the microwave, I'm like, babe, we're stopping at McDonald's on the way home. <laughs> you should never have to eat McDonald's on Thanksgiving. That is like a sin. Goodness. <laughs> You're a masterpiece, and you don't throw a masterpiece in the microwave. 
you go through the process. And if you're going to cook a turkey right, you put it in the oven. And in the oven, it takes a while. Like when I see something that says, like, it has to be cooked in the oven, I'm thinking, will it fit in the microwave? (laughs) Can I make this work? You've been there. Don't act like I'm the only one in this place that's been, like, trying to fit, like, a big old pizza in the microwave. You're a masterpiece. You might have been told your entire life that you're worthless and that you have nothing to offer this world. But I'm here to tell you that God has dreams bigger than you could ever wrap your mind around. God has so much purpose for you than you could ever imagine. What I love about this church, it's not about how many people we can fit in the auditorium. How many cars are out in the parking lot. How many lattes we sell at Cafe Aroma. They're good, y'all. Pause right there and you just got to, you know, I love those hot frozen hot chocolates. Come on. A little commercial there, sorry. Our mission is your God-given potential. And then when you pull up on this church parking lot on any day of the week, and you pull up in the minivan and you pull the kids out, our mission is your family and helping them become who God has called them to be. As youth pastor, my goal is to take students that are 12 years old and look at the future and say, this is what God has for you. You have a purpose, there's a plan, and you just got to go through the process. You don't just hand a five-year-old keys to the truck. We already got plenty of bad drivers out there. (laughs) Like, that is not a good idea. But there's this process, and we can find the wonder in the wander. We just got to be ready for it. We've got to be available to God and say, God, here I am. It's not about getting there, but it's about how I get there. It's about, God, make me who you've called me to be, and I'll take it a step at a time. It's an attitude change. And here's a couple questions I, I want you to ask yourself this morning. What can I learn and how can I grow from this season? It's frustrating. It's aggravating. You want to rip your face off because you're just so done. But what can you learn? How can you grow? What am I doing right now that's helping me become who God has called me to be? Are you doing anything? Are you trying? Are you chasing after God with everything you have? Lastly, how's my attitude? You look at this story and the Israelites, and dude, all they do is complain. It is amazing. It's amazing God didn't just like slap them upside the face, right? But God had a process. God had a plan. And God has a process and a plan for you. Find the wonder. The next thing that I think can help you navigate through this is we have to rewind to remind. I love the rewind button on the remote. Because, like, dude, I can barely remember what just happened five minutes ago. Like, I have an awful memory. But I love that rewind button. It's awesome. You miss something, boom. You want to actually watch a commercial because it looked funny? Like, you just rewind and you got it. I love it. It's awesome. And I remember back in the day when you had, like, the tapes and you had to, like, rewind that. That was not fun, right? But now it's awesome. A mistake we see the Israelites make in this story is they're wondering about the desert is they completely forget who God is. They forget who God is. They forget how he set them free. They just kind of forget. And I know when you're mad and you're angry and you're stuck in the middle, it's easy to just kind of think about where you want to be, the things you want in your life. But it's sad to me to see the Israelites Just completely forgetting. In Numbers chapter 14, we see the Israelites mess up again. Again. 
and God's angry. And honestly, God's about to just like kill them all. You know when your kid just keeps messing up and you're like, man, I'm about to, whew. You get a little angry. And God gets angry at the Israelites and Moses is pleading on their behalf. And this is what it says. Then the Lord said, I will forgive them as you have requested. But as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, everybody say again and again. They have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. If you don't get anything today, you've got to listen to God's voice. You've got to follow him in your life. And he's going to help you understand what's going on in the process. He's going to help you understand what's going on in the wandering. You've got to keep listening to God's voice. It says, they will never even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. God had promised them the promised land. And these people are excited because they see the destination. But God has to, God has to do some work. These people continue to forget who they serve, the God that loves them with everything he has. They keep forgetting. And the, the crazy thing that blows my mind is that these are the same exact people that saw the ten plagues in Egypt. These are the same exact people that saw the Red Sea split in two. Eating food that's fallen from the sky. Miraculously. And yet they're so, they so easily forget who God is. We can't forget who God is. Maybe today you're here. And you're just trying this whole church thing out. We want to help you know who God is. This church cares about your God-given potential. And that potential is only tapped into when you make that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And when you make that, when you're going through the journey and you remember who he is, a lot of times, honestly, that's enough to hold on to. When times are tough and when it's not easy, you hold on to that fact, that God is God. I love, you read through this story and you can find a few things. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9, it says, but watch out. Everybody say, watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. We can't forget who God is. We can't just walk through life and begin to let the memory of who God is in our life and, and what we read in the Bible, we can't just let that fade away. We've got to hold on to it. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 35, it says, He showed you these things so that you would know that the Lord is God and there is no other. Something I've learned is that when you forget what God has done, you're less likely to see what God will do. And we see God to begin to transform this nation because they've walked out of Egypt with a lot of junk. They've walked out of Egypt holding on to a lot of stuff. And it's not just their possessions and their family, but they've got a lot of stuff they've carried in with them. They've got a lot of sin that God is going to have to deal with. And you can take them out of Egypt, but you can't take the, the Egypt out of them. And they learned a lot while they're in Egypt for a couple hundred years. Go figure. And we've got to constantly remind ourselves who God is. 
We've got to constantly remind ourselves when times are tough and we're ready to get, give up on the process. When we're done with it, we've got to remember that God is God and there is no other. He cares about you. He loves you. He has a plan for you. And the Israelites mess up. And what God ends up doing is he says, you're going to be here for 39 years, 40 years. And the generation that has forgotten who I am, and they've seen the miracles. They've seen the wonders. They're going to they're gonna die away. And they're not going to get to go see the promised land. It's a lot to swallow. It's hard to walk through life and, and, and see that happen. But we can't forget who God is. We can't walk through life. We have to, rem- we have to rewind back and how do we do that? We read the Bible. Man, I love reading the Bible. We're reading the story right now. It's the good stuff, y'all. And we see how God shows up time and time again. We see how good God is. The blessings he just pours out on his people. The reckless love. That we can be complete idiots. Been there, right? And God's still going to chase after us. God's still going to care about us. God's still going to love us. We hold on to that. Here's a question to ask yourself. What am I doing to constantly remember who God is? If you're not doing this on a day-to-day basis, if you're not walking through this every single day and trying to remember who God is, like, dude, you've got to work on that. Because when you're in the middle and you're stuck in the place, you're living in between point A and point B, you're going to need that. Because it's the hardest days when you're ready to give up. And it's when you remember who God is that helps you hold on. The last thing is this. Trust is a must. Trust is a must. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24 and 25, it says, Then the Lord said, now get moving. Cross the Arnon Gorge. Didn't think I was going to get that one. <laughs> Look, I, was, I will hand over the Sihon, you to Sihon the Amorite. Guys, I'm hooked on phonics, working through it. King of Heshbon, and I will give you his land. Attack him and begin to occupy the land. Beginning today, I will make people throughout the world, the earth, terrified of you. When they hear reports about you, they will tremble with dread and fear. Give you a little background. 39 years have gone by. And they've been waiting and waiting and waiting. They've been wandering. And God shows up and he says, it's time. Trust me. And for you, you read that and it's just, you know, a bunch of random words. And God's saying, hey, go fight people and they're going to be afraid of you. But understand this one thing. They've been sitting around for 39 years. Probably just hanging out, doing a little work here and there, waiting and wondering. And then all of a sudden, God's like, hey, you guys ready? We're going to go fight some people. It's time to receive the promised land. And they get up off the couch, and they pick up a sword, and they're like, what is this thing? They haven't fought anybody in a long time. They're not warriors. And God's calling them to fight. 
God's calling them to claim what is theirs. And they've been waiting and waiting and waiting. They've been stuck in the middle. Frustration, anger, and they're just wondering, God, when are things going to change? And finally, God shows up and he says, here you go. It's your time. Let's go fight some people. And I can only imagine the fear in their hearts. They haven't fought in wars. They haven't handled a sword in a long time, if ever. And they have to trust God. They have to, have to, have to put their trust in God. It's not easy. Let's be honest. In our world, it's, it's easy to say, you've got to trust God. Trust Him. But in the world we live in, trust has been so warped. Trust has been so manipulated because we put it out there. And somebody grabs it and they throw it on the ground. And they stomp on it. And we're hurt. And we're so, we're so backed off of people and relationships. And we're not ready to trust people. And then we say, trust God with everything. Trust Him with your life. Trust Him with your finances. Trust Him with your family. But it's not easy because we don't know what trust is. And you, you read the Bible, and it, this is like the most basic verse, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. How do we do that? How do we, how do we wade through trust God we just do it I like this quote my man Ronald Reagan said this trust but verify trust but verify here's what I love when we bring it all together and we find the wonder in the wander we see the silver lining. We see the plans and the purposes and the dreams in our life that God has for us. And we read through the Bible. And time and time again, God shows up and does something miraculous. God shows up and does something incredible. We go through and we verify. And we know that our God is a God worth trusting. We know that our God is a God worth handing our life over to and saying, God, I'm completely and solely yours. And we say, God, it doesn't matter who's hurt me in my life. It doesn't matter the junk that I've been through. God, I'm going to believe in you because your word says I can. Come on. I get excited about it. Because I think, what if all of us we began to trust in a God. He'll take care of you. He'll get you to the destination. He'll show you the wonder and the wander. You take that baby step and say, God, I'm yours. But you stop looking at every other situation surrounding you. You stop looking at the past and seeing all the junk that you've been through. And you say, God, I'm yours. I surrender my life to you. I'm going to trust you. That's what it comes down to. I can get you pumped up about a bad situation in your life, help you find the silver lining, and I can tell you about what God's done. But I get excited about what God's going to do. 
when God begins to work on us and he makes us the masterpiece he's called us to be. And he says, I am going to take you further. I'm going to take you higher than you could ever go on your own. And you know, you know that you know that you know that today you're sitting there in your seat and this is a moment that God needs to get you up and get you living and following him and chasing after him and trusting him with everything you have. All of us should be challenged. And I read this verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And every time I read it, I'm challenged to be a, a better pastor, a better father, a better husband than I could be on my own. And I love the story because it wraps it all together. And we know that there's a God that was willing to send his one and only son to die on the cross for me and for you. And he trusted in us. And he said, I don't care what you've done. I don't, I don't care what baggage you're carrying with you. I'm going to show you the wonder. We've just got to be willing to go through the process. We've got to say, God, I'm willing to trust in you with everything I am. And that's, that's the question we ask. Are you fully trusting God? It's a lot to handle. It's a lot to digest. God has so much for you. God has so much for your family. And I just can't wait to see what happens when we trust in him and we go from point A to point B and we let God work on us. We become who he's called us to be. You bow your head this morning. Maybe you're here in this place today. You're, you're stuck in a season of waiting. You're stuck in the middle and you're wandering. And you need God to, you need God to change your attitude, to change your heart. And you want to allow God to begin to work on you where you're at. If that's you, would you just lift up a hand? I want to know who I'm talking to today. There's lots of hands going up, y'all. You're not alone. Thank you for being honest. You can put your hands down. in this place today and say, Seth, I want to trust in God fully and completely. Maybe it's the first time you've ever put your trust in God. Maybe you're here today and you just wandered in aimlessly. A friend invited you. You're here. And you'd say, Seth, I want to trust God. Maybe you've trusted God before and you've just kind of walked away from that. You've been through the process and you're tired and you're beaten and you're broken, but you're ready to trust God again. If that's you, would you just lift up a hand? I wanna know who I'm talking to this morning. Hands are going up all across this room. This morning, I wanna pray for you, every single one of you, that God will begin to work on us and help us become who he's called us to be. But more than anything, that we'll begin to trust God fully. Dear Jesus, I'm so thankful for the way you love us. It doesn't matter the mistakes. It doesn't matter the junk we're carrying with us. You have such big dreams. You have such big plans. God, not just for me. God, not just for the people that have been going to church their whole life. But God, for every single person that's ready and willing to trust you. And God, I pray. 
God, I believe that this morning, lives are going to be changed. That you're going to change hearts, you're going to change minds, and something's going to happen. God, there's going to be people that get excited about their God-given potential. There's going to be people that get excited about walking in this church every week because you want to develop them. God, you want to take them higher, you want to take them further than they've ever thought possible. And God, I get excited this morning thinking about the people in these seats that need this message, that need to grow, that need to become who you want them to be, and they are a masterpiece. God, change our minds. God, help us know you've put us here for a reason. God, help us know that we can fully and completely trust in who you are. God, help us follow you fully. God, every single day, with every single decision, with every single breath, Help us become the man or woman that you have called us to be. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And everybody said, amen. Thank you.